The Kevin Durant saga ends where it began with Kevin Durant in Brooklyn with Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons. And everybody's going to move forward all happy-like, right? We're going to dive deep into this one right now on the Locked On NBA podcast. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome back to the Lockdown NBA Podcast. Thank you for making this show part of your daily routine. Still here for you Monday through Friday on the Lockdown NBA Podcast. Free, daily, everywhere podcasts exist and on YouTube. On Wednesdays, I'm one of your regular co-hosts, John Corrales, uh, at John underscore Corrales on Twitter, along with Tony East, our sixth man uh, who is getting too many starts for uh, consideration for sixth man of the year. That's, that's your... Remember that, year, remember that year Tyreek Evans started 42 games for Memphis? That's me this summer. That, that's, that's you. That's you. All right. So, so, all right. Jake Madison in health and safety protocols. So he's out this week. But we've got, he misses, he's going to miss a good one, man. This is like finally resolution to the Kevin Durant saga. Let's just start with the facts here. Uh, the Nets met with uh, Kevin Durant. It was Sean Marks. And Steve Nash, two people he wanted fired, allegedly, uh, along with Joe Sy and uh, KD and his agent. And they all sat down and said, all right, where do we go from here? And they apparently buried the hatchet. So initial reaction, Tony, what, what do you think of the uh, Kevin Durant rescinding his trade request? My initial reaction was not the, the normal person initial reaction, because my initial reaction was, why the heck didn't this happen Months ago. I mean, this is all the people involved in this decision, right? The owner, both owners, really. Claire Wusai, I believe, was reported to be there as well. The head coach, the GM, Kevin Durant, his representation, talking. Like, I know we've heard this reported meeting between Sai and KD uh, in London, I believe. And, you know, KD made his trade request to Joe Sai originally and then said, like, fire the coach and the GM. Why couldn't all these people just get together sooner and do this? I mean, maybe something changed. But that was my initial reaction. My actual basketball reaction is... You know, this sort of just signaled to me one of two things. I mean, like, I don't think anyone on planet Earth is dumb enough to think Kevin Durant just magically today was like, okay, never mind. So, so I just think that the Nets weren't getting what they wanted, and Kevin Durant realized his new team wouldn't be as good as he wanted or wouldn't be the destination he wanted. And it all kind of blended together for them to realize they can do this for another year and, and try to figure this out heading into another season. Even if it will be a little weird, that's better than all the alternatives for all parties. Yeah, I just think that Kevin Durant had had to have a conversation with his agent, and it was like, hey, look, man, this isn't going the way we thought it was going to go. It wasn't going the way you thought it was going to go. The The Nets didn't cave. The Nets, Joe Sy, playing poker, read the cards and said, we don't think you have a hand. And no matter what cards Durant played, no matter how much he bluffed his way through, they said, no, we're calling your bluff, and he had nothing. He never had any leverage. We all knew he was never going to sit out, no matter where people started to progress. I mean, you heard uh, Brian Windhorst last week say, oh, maybe maybe he will. Just, I never bought into that because that doesn't get him anywhere. And the Nets, if they traded him, they were never going to get back the picks that they needed to, to rebuild. They were never going to get back the players that they needed to be anything more than a middle of the road team, maybe a seventh or an eighth seed, you know, trying to defend their spot against playing teams. So they 
for the Nets, I think they played it perfectly. They said, well, we're going to be a middling team without you. And if you sit out, we'll be a middling team with you, but we're not going to be, we're not going to be held hostage here. So no, we're not going to trade you. And no matter what KD did, they, I think they, he came to the realization, like for now, we got to put this aside and and move forward and see if we can't just bury whatever differences we have. And maybe the non-COVID season, or I don't know what COVID is going to be this year, can, you know, Kyrie can play and there's not going to be something like that holding him back. And Kyrie has incentive to play and be be good. And Ben Simmons has incentive to play and play play ball with these guys. That Hey, look, we're, we're going to just roll with this and and see see what we can do it's it's the best option that we have i just think that kd had to come to this realization of like they're they're not going to trade me they're not they're not going to i don't want them to gut the teams that i'm going to so might as well just stay here and and maybe by the trade deadline things will be different but for now this is the best option i will pretend to know Kevin Durant's psyche. I don't think anyone does. But a lot was made in this situation about leverage and like KD can get leverage by sitting out camp. He doesn't seem like the guy who would do that, to do those sort of things. And so outside of that maneuver, you know, everybody talks about leverage in this. I, I, I could never get behind people who said something other than the Nets have the leverage because the Nets have Kevin Durant under contract right now. And that is why this was able to be the resolution is the Nets had the leverage to say, we have you for four years, but you signed this last year. Like, we're either going to get this crazy haul for you and we'll wait for it, and then your new team will not be as good, or you'll play for us. And, you know, as, as I don't even know what the right word is, as, as polarizing as Kyrie is these days, and, you know, the, 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 they still could be with Simmons, with Kyrie, and they have TJ Warren in now. They still have some good players in the team, a, a good team this coming year. And, and Kyrie's only got one year left. They can reassess next summer, like, to me, this just always kind of made the most sense given where the – unless no one – unless someone came with the, the offer they wanted. But this always just made a lot of sense as a resolution given who had leverage in the Nets' current team situation and sort of the state of the NBA. So, yeah, I mean it felt a little weird that KD put the league on stop for a month and a half just to rescind the, the initial request. But given how it shook out, how, who the teams involved were, just all the factors at play and kind of – how Katie is as a person, where he's just going to play. That's who he is. It kind of felt like this was always an option, and here we are. It actually happened. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I like you channeling Pat Beverly there for just a quick second. Uh, the, uh, the, 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 the path forward, this was always the best path forward. Uh, and it's, I find it really interesting that Kyrie Irving remained the obstacle. Kyrie Ir- Irving is at the center of all of this. It's because Kyrie Irving didn't play that we are in the in the middle of this because maybe I don't know exactly where it went it went south. Is KD not like the way they treated him because of his decision? Does he not appreciate the fact that they backtracked in the middle of it? But I know James Harden didn't like how it went. So James Harden asked out and James Harden is gone because of Kyrie sitting out. And because of that, they have Ben Simmons. And because they have Ben Simmons, Miami wasn't able to trade Bam out of bio. You, you, right. you weren't able to get, you know, there were players that maybe, maybe would have been available that 
couldn't have been traded. And so that added another layer of difficulty in this that just pointed to this being the resolution. Kevin Durant is going to be a Brooklyn net. And that's it. Now Donovan Mitchell can go get traded. Like now, <laughs> well, now that we. I think you're you're right about everything you just said, but I wouldn't go as far to say this is like done. You know, one, I mean, Kyrie, oh, no. Kyrie, who is Kyrie Irving, is still on that team. I mean, implosion potential very high. But this is kind of what I've been messaging with people along this path a little bit. Like, this kind of reminds me of James Harden's exit from Houston a tiny bit, a tiny bit. And it, it, it could still be a rosy season, no problem. But I will never say this is over. Like, if you remember that timeline correctly, this is how it's been reported, is that Harden – made it known that he wanted out. And Russ found out, and then Russell Westbrook was like, I want to get traded. And then he got traded first. And then Harden went into the season overweight, didn't want to play that much. And then after a couple weeks, was like, this sucks. I'm out of here. You know, are, are we sure that, you know, if KD re- changes his trade request like Harden did, that a couple weeks in the season, he just won't be like, this sucks. I'm out of here. I can't say no. But uh, it is possible. It doesn't end up that way. I just think that that's still on the table in this in a way that has kind of been brushed off. I 100% agree. This is just because this happened doesn't mean it's over. It's over for now. And right. it could go, it could go the way that Kobe Bryant's, you know, trade request did. And they they stood firm. The Lakers kept Kobe. And we know that Kobe ended up staying there forever. And and that's maybe that's how it goes here with, with KD. But the trade deadline, there's so much. There's so much that can go right. So much that can go wrong for the Nets. And we're going to talk about that when we come back because the trade deadline is is still in play and maybe the pressure of the trade deadline could be something that pushes more assets Brooklyn's way. We'll talk about that in just a moment. First, the message about drunk driving. We know that this is, it's summertime. Great time to go out. You get to see people a lot. I know people are coming out of COVID. And, and this is a, a great summer to go see everybody, hang out, have a few drinks. But we know a few becomes a few too many. And when the evening comes to an end, people start to head out. You think about calling for a ride. And then you say, nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal, right? What are the odds you get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that can happen? Well, let's start. Your insurance can go up. You can lose your license. You can lose your job. You can total your car. You could kill somebody. Everyone knows the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic. They are often deadly. However, that doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. And that's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay after a few drinks, think again, play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Right, thanks for making Lockdown NBA your first listen every day. How about going to Brook Lockdown Nets? I mean, that's the obvious one, right? You want to get the Nets perspective uh, on this? Check out Lockdown Nets. Also, Lockdown Celtics. Uh, I just recorded my podcast, big KD reaction podcast on how it's impacting Boston. Raptors, Heat, Suns, get in. They've all got it. All of them. Everybody, every basketball podcast right now is doing a KD-related show. Do not loop me into this. Come on. T- come on, man. You're not? Locked on Pacers. 
lot we probably will i i'll wait a few days kd free kd free are you really kd free um (laughs) yeah uh we'll talk about how it impacts the league in the next segment let's let's dive deeper into okay kd's back Kyrie seems to be back the guys talked about the report from sham sharani yesterday on lockdown nba it seems like it makes sense for him to be back now obviously if you're keeping kd it makes sense to everybody come back there is I think, I think there there are really only two two possible scenarios here, Tony. They're either going to be really good; it's going to come together. They're going to be really damn good and a problem, or it's not going to work and the whole thing falls apart. I don't see a middle ground. I don't see the Nets as a six seed and just kind of middling. I see them as great, or okay, this is untenable. Trade deadline comes, we are selling. Yeah, they had, I mean, the weirdest year last year with everybody in and out and the trades and stuff. It's kind of hard to use last year to gauge this year. That said, they were still really good when Kyrie and KD both played. They now will have Ben Simmons on this team. They will have better health than last year. I don't think it's possible for any team in the NBA, honestly, to to have worse health. They added some good players. Like, it is still – and, oh, by the way, they still have Kevin Durant. Like, the, the thesis of all this. <laughs> Kevin Durant's on the net still. Uh, I, you know, yes. you got to mention that part. Like, they could still be not just good, like, awesome if it all clicks. It has never all clicked for the Nets. You know, that's oh, they've always been more theoretical than actual in their – since this era has begun. And so I agree with you that, you know, there's a chance that, you know, like – they could opening night roll out Irving, Curry, Simmons, Durant, and I don't know who their center would be. <laughs> um, but uh, Claxton, Claxton, they need to sign a center. Uh, but anyway, like that is insanely good. You got TJ Warren coming off the bench. You still have Patty Mills on this team. Joe Harris, if he recovers, can shoot. They traded a first round pick for Royce O'Neal. They have Cam Thomas. Like, like they are good and kind of deep now. Like they've kind of shuffled through this okay in the interim to get some of these like kind of good, useful, deep, like, bench players. They could be pretty dang good this season. But, you know, else still on their team is Kyrie Irving. And T.J. Warren just coming off of massive foot injuries. And Kevin Durant's had some injuries in his career. Like, Ben Simmons just sat out a whole season. Who knows what he's going to be? They – enormous combustion potential. Pretty much uh, reminiscent of the Lakers heading into last year where it's like, if this works, it's going to be great. But uh, it also could not work, and it did not work. The problem, I think, for me is that you're still going to have to ride Durant a lot. And riding Durant at this point is you're just asking for trouble. He averaged 37 minutes a game this past season. He hasn't averaged that since the 2013-14 season in OKC when he was 25 years old. And he's he's still only played 55 games, so he was dealing with injuries. And there are it's a high risk with Durant playing him a ton of minutes, which was part of why I argued on Lockdown Celtics that I don't want to make the trade for Jalen Brown for Kevin Durant right now at this age where he's going into being 34. Five years ago, sure, absolutely. But now there's a big risk there. There's a huge risk, like you mentioned. Kyrie Irving is so... <laughs> So combustible. So the 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 G's that you pull when he has a change of heart are just out of control. Like he, it's so 
the, the variables with him when he plays and when he's in and invested, he's amazing. When he's not, when he takes his little vacations and disappears for a week or two, then you're like, well, what, what happened? And he's, is it an excused absence? Like it, it just, it, you never know. And trusting Kyrie Irving is, you know, like the frog trusting the scorpion on his back crossing the river. You just, at some point you feel like he's going to sting you because that's just what he does. And so I, I, I just don't trust Kyrie. However, he has strong incentive to be on his best behavior. He's looking for a new contract. He needs, he needs to, to play nice for one season, get his four-year deal somewhere, and then he can go back to being Kyrie and, and wherever that happens or however that happens, he'll be, you know, he'll be whatever he is. But uh, I, I just feel like Brooklyn – I, I don't, I still don't trust them. I still don't trust them. They have the talent. They have guys back. They have Joe Harris back and all the guys that you mentioned. I just don't trust them. I don't, I don't trust KD to make it through a full season. I don't trust Steve Nash as a coach. I don't trust Kyrie as a reliable leader. I don't trust Ben Simmons after a year. I don't trust it. I see the potential in it. I don't trust it. So I, I see the danger especially as a guy who covers a team and in conference in division opponent, I see the the real threat of them and the, the potential for them to make it to the finals and win a championship. I don't expect that to come to fruition. I don't really think anybody can after you know, they, they played their way into the playoffs last year. Like they didn't even make it. And then they got embarrassed as you know, better than anyone, but they got, embarrassed in the first round they had to get better not just because they have to get better on stars they stunk in the postseason last year they won zero games they were the only team in the nba that made the playoffs right and didn't win a game like they had a lot of steps to make to get better and without kevin durant obviously that's not happening but even with kevin durant you know is ben simmons enough to to overcome that is adding tj warren up to overcome that is having more synergy and having kyrie irving give you a better matchup in the first round like, yeah, these are all theoretically like, yes, they could run Ben Simmons with the second unit. TJ Warren's a new threat that they've never had before. And Kyrie can play on the, at home now and all this stuff. That sounds great. But it didn't matter two years ago when they lost the Bucks, And it didn't matter last year at all. They, they Weren't they 14 and 15 when Kyrie played last year? Like, that's still a losing record. You know, you, you have to build off of these things. And I, I understand, like I said, theoretically, yes, they should be awesome. They have the, the, the names, the stars to do it. But they haven't ever done it. And they were close two years ago, and it didn't happen. They don't have James Harden anymore. It's time for them to to kind of do it. And, and Katie saying, I don't want to be traded anymore, suggests that they think they can, I think. But I don't know that they will. We'll have to see. And and I hate to be the, the we'll have to see guy. You know, I can't talk about it until we see it happen. I know. With them more than any team because of their last couple of years, I feel like you kind of have to default to that. The last 12 games of the season last year, including the four-game sweep, KD played no fewer than 36 minutes and 54 seconds in any of the games. Wow. Only twice played less than 40 minutes, and one of those was 39-23. So in 10 of the last 12, 40-plus minutes per game. Uh, and then you mix in the, the other games since he came back from the injury, 
he had a 30, another 39, 39 and a half, 43, 39 and a half. I mean, you talk about them riding him into the ground. That's not, that's not sustainable. It's just not a sustainable formula for the Nets. But look, they lost, they lost like Bruce Brown. That was a, a valuable player that they needed. You know, they, they lost valuable pieces in, in, in all of this. And I feel like, I just feel like they don't, they don't, they still don't have the depth. They can't, if everything goes right, they're a threat. If, but not, never in any season anywhere does everything go right. And I feel like they need everything to go right to be the threat that they, they can be. It's it's not like some teams where like ah you like the 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 Bucks can lose Chris Middleton for a while and you still take Boston to seven games and still almost you know come come through the the Nets everything goes wrong and they lose in the first round in, in a sweep so uh, the rest of the league the rest of the league has to now figure out what does this mean what does this mean for us we'll talk about how this impacts the East. When we come back, and I know that after the the news that the Brooklyn Nets went from the 15th best odds on Bet Online to the fourth best title odds on Bet Online, they didn't get to the top though. Boston Celtics were four to one odds, and they just dropped to five to one odds on Bet Online after the uh, the Brooklyn Nets announced that KD was coming back. So it's still Milwaukee. Uh, Boston, Milwaukee, Golden State ahead of Brooklyn uh, now that KD is back. So the odds are changing at Bet Online, which is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. You can find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You can find reviews and news of every league, obviously including the NBA, plus Major League Baseball, NFL, NHL, combat sports, esports, and golf. You have things like live betting, scores, podcasts, all your sports wagering information at Bet Online continues to be your top online resource for sports wagering information. So head on over to Bet Online. You can use your mobile device to do so. Learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. Please gamble responsibly. Right, let's wrap things up here, Tony, with a look at the, the, the East and how this impacts the rest of the East. We talked about the high volatility for this Brooklyn Nets team, but Milwaukee, Boston, Philly, Miami, that's when you come into the season, those four teams are your, your, your power players there. We just read the, the, the bet online odds. Just looking at the odds right now, Boston, Milwaukee, Miami, and Philly are the top four East teams in the odds you got Golden State, Brooklyn. Actually, now Brooklyn's in there. Uh, Clippers, Suns, Lakers. Lakers always get betting action. Ba nothing Lakers fans love more than betting on the Lakers to win a championship. They always skew those odds. But anyway, uh, aside from Brooklyn, Boston, Milwaukee, Miami, Philly. Those are the favorites in the East. So how how worried do you think these guys should be? How, how much does this impact these guys? The uh, the shocking but still boring answer I'll give you is none. Zero. Zero. Uh, 
Should my answer be higher than that? Probably, probably. Kevin Durant, uh, when fully healthy and playing at his best, is one of the best three, four players in the NBA. Like, amazing, right? And that can tip a series. That can make you awesome in the regular season if he plays every game. And th- we just talked about they could click. But, uh, you know, they got swept in the playoffs last year for a reason, right? They, they, they have a lot of questions about their team still. I still don't think their overall total talent level, they have so many defensive questions, is enough to catch those four teams or beat them in a playoff setting. Like, if they're perfectly healthy throughout the whole season, maybe they could like get a top four seed and then have a nice first round matchup and end up doing better than one of these teams. I think that's possible. But in a mano a mano series with any of those four teams, or you know, the odds I think of them catching one of those teams, I don't think are very high given how their season went last year, even with Kevin Durant, because they had Kevin Durant last year, like you said, playing so much, and that was still not enough. Yeah, I, I think you, I was just talking about this on Locked On Celtics, uh, and one of the things that we were talking about was. I think for all of these teams, Kevin Durant going back to Brooklyn is the best case scenario because he didn't go to one of these competitors. Right. But Milwaukee is happy that he didn't go to Boston. Boston is happy he didn't go to Miami or Philly. You know, Philly's happy. All of these teams are just like thrilled that he's going to the most combustible element in the East. And there's still a potential down the line where he could be traded, maybe traded out of the conference, or maybe one of these teams has a chance at him for a much lower price tag when the whole thing implodes and they just need to get rid of him. But for each of these teams, looking at the competition, the best case scenario was none of these other guys got better, even in the short term. And so Boston and Milwaukee and Philly and Miami can sit there and say, all right, We'll we'll see. We'll worry about them when we have to worry about them. Now, on a random December Wednesday night, yeah, they can be dangerous because Kyrie and KD can just be so good that your defense can be impeccable. I've seen it. I've seen the Celtics play these guys. And Boston had one of the best defenses in the league, the best defense in the league. And there are times where they played perfect defense and – Gave up a bucket, a, a ridiculous three, uh, a, a pull-up jumper that KD shoots from like 11 feet. And it's it's just a very impossible thing to, to guard. But the entire East, the entire league, I don't think that they're, they should be worried. I don't think that the overall impact on the league has changed. I think they're all happy to see because – you know what's going to end up happening if Steve Nash, first of all, I said this on, was it last week's show or the week before? I think Steve Nash should just be like, you know what? I don't need this. I don't need this stuff. I'm out. I, I appreciate it. I'm not going to go into a season with all of these question marks. Bye. You know, <laughs> uh, if I don't have your, your trust, then whatever. So, but if he goes into the season, then the first thing that happens if they are disappointing at all is Nash goes. So now you got a new coach. And then if they still remain disappointing, then does does Sean Marks go or do they say, "All right, forget it. We're pulling we're pulling the plug and you start shopping Kyrie to, you know, maybe maybe the Lakers just pull a deal there or whatever." I I I still see so much that can go wrong that everybody else in the East is just, you know, okay. At least, at least we know that's 
what you, what they don't have is, ooh, he went to Miami. How's that going to work? Oh crap! And like now, all the game plans stay the same. Like okay, we know how to. We know we have the the, the dossier on these guys. You have to figure out Ben Simmons, and that's such a wild card that so few people are talking about. Maybe 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 what we do is we we get a, a locked on NBA meeting together and we say okay, we shift our focus to Ben Simmons because he becomes now the most important player on the Brooklyn Nets <laughs> because if he doesn't if it doesn't work with him there then the whole thing pfft, down the tube down the tubes we know what KD can do we know what Kyrie can do despite the question marks there now the most important player on the on the on the nets is is Ben Simmons and if you're if you're relying on Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving i think the rest of the league the rest of the east is just like oh yeah we kind of want to see this you know put the the Michael Jackson popcorn gif <laughs> in everybody's inbox how man, I have a lot of a lot of thoughts of response to the things you just said to me. First and foremost, we I, I think we know that that the top four in the East are are pretty happy with this outcome. I think the teams I, I disagree with your total league impact though, because I think teams five, maybe Toronto will probably end up above them. Teams six through ten and eleven really really care about this. If you're the Bulls who snuck in, fell backwards in the postseason last year, or the Hawks who just sent a lot of stuff for DeJounte Murray in the hopes that you could easily make the postseason this year. Or the Cavs, who were on 50-win pace before half their team got hurt in March. Or the Knicks, who just signed Jalen Brunson and maybe will get Donovan Mitchell. Or the Hornets, who just fired their coach because they couldn't ascend to the levels that they thought they should be at. If you're one of those teams, you're like, crap. You know, We thought that the Nets were going to be one team we could clear that hurdle for and get one mm -hmm. spot up in the East tiers. That's not as easy anymore, especially if the things click, which is possible. I think those teams are sweating a little bit that they're like, crap, we might be a play-in team or we have to have better luck, things like that. I think those teams specifically, especially one like New York, who was completely outside the playoff picture last year, is now like, oh, boy, you know, we we spent yeah. a lot of money this summer on Jalen Brunson. Like, this better work. So those are the teams that I think do have the biggest impact from this. But in general, I agree with all your points. And I especially agree with the Ben Simmons point because – I mean, that was how they got out of the Harden thing and what their way, in their eyes, was the best possible outcome. They got another all-star, a young player. They got some picks, too. But, like, hey, this is a multi-time all-star. We can make it work with this guy. This will all fit. And if it doesn't, yikes. You know, you've lost the value of Harden that you sent everything for, and your team is now going to combust immediately, and you can't flip him for other stuff. Like, he is very pivotal for them, and it's, it's a, I mean, he's a tough fit with anybody with his shooting woes, but it's a tough squeeze when you already have a guy like Kyrie who can handle the ball a bunch. So him adapting and finding ways to be impactful will be challenging on a new team, but he has to do it. He absolutely has to do it. And that's a big question mark for them. Yeah. I think it, to, to kind of almost like amend my point, there is a little pressure on these other teams that the, that the nets, I, I do agree that the, the bottom, the bottom half, the play in teams are, are probably just like the, the teams that, are hey we we would love to make the playoffs just for our fans in that situation like the Sacramento type situation which would be <laughs> you know probably Washington in the East it's like oh crap yeah so now there's one one less spot that that's available to them but I will say that if the Nets can show if the Nets can come together and be good that adds pressure to the top teams to really ramp it up and go for a top seed because what you don't want to do is be caught in that morass of 
losing a tiebreaker. Now you got to play a four five against because you've got five teams now, and that four five game is going to be brutal. That four five series is going to be brutal. So you you want to you all of a sudden the again coming from a Celtics perspective, but I'm sure Milwaukee's in a similar boat. Uh, there are games along the way that you feel like ah we can punt this and we'd like to win, but you know we're going to play a heavy dose of Luke Cornette. In in we'd like to win with Luke Cornett, but we're not playing Al Horford and we're not playing Jason Tatum and we're we're starting a weird lineup because it's the second night of a back to back and you know whatever who cares if you lose a couple of games you get down to the third seed we're, as long as we're healthy our goal is to be healthy heading into the playoffs and we're, we'll take whatever path is in front of us but if Brooklyn is showing themselves to be good and they don't combust then it's like okay. Now that fifth seed, now you got now you go one through five, it's just a little added pressure to be like, all right, I, I really want to go, I really want to be one of the top two seeds now. So maybe you don't punt as many games, maybe you don't rest as much, and if you if you're not load managing as much, does that impact how tired some of these guys get in the top two teams? Does somebody get hurt because they don't get to rest as much as they thought? There is there is some residual effect there at the top if Brooklyn can be good. If they're not good, if they're if they combust, then obviously just like be done with them. But there is pressure, I think, at the top to say, all right, we we really do want to go for that top seed. We really want to just win as many games as possible. We we might have been good before this, winning 55 games, but now we got to make sure we win 60. And those extra five games, who know just you don't know what happens in those extra five games. And there's no way to tell, there's no way to say. You know, those were the five games that these guys played, but the the pressure changes just changes the path at the top somehow, some way. John, we did it. We are going to win a Grammy because we made it 34 minutes into a podcast about Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and the Nets and did not say the Lakers once. We did it. That is another immediate ripple effect that we don't even but have time I, for. But they might have to I pivot and figure stuff out. I mean, it, yeah. there's a ton. It's everywhere. I did. I did drop a, a random Lakers reference of trading for Kyrie. You did. You did. I did. But I didn't. Our Grammy is rescinded. Damn it. <laughs> Maybe I can. You know, we, this is all recorded. I can just go edit that oh, out. Wait, is it an Emmy? I, I should know. That. Which one I don't know what. Get? Is there a podcast award? Is if we're not Grammys, we're not Emmys. There's no. What are, are the potties? Are they, There's got to be a podcast award. Can we be nominated for something? There's a, there's a Tony's for people who win, uh, like in plays, you know, act, acting in plays. So yeah. we need some generic name. Like who's who's a really famous podcast? We can just steal their name. The Corrales's. <laughs> we'll win a Corrales trophy for our. <laughs> Uh, you know, it would probably be called the Rogans, and I don't want to win a Rogan. Oh, I, don't I just feel that. like I just feel like that would I don't. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I gotta, I don't know. I, I just, I just censored myself eight times. Yeah. I just wrote my I was, gonna be. I was like, oh, John. And, uh, <laughs> all I'm going to say is thanks, Tony, for hopping on on this Wednesday podcast. Uh, if I had a different podcast, I might've said some other things, but we'll, uh, we'll leave it at that. Tony, appreciate Tony hopping on. Uh, John Corrales here when your regular Wednesday host, Jake Madison is normally here. Follow Lockdown NBA wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube so you can watch us. You can watch my brain break uh, right there like that. Uh, And, uh, hey, we're going to move on from the KD talk. 
this is it. We're almost done with the KD talk. I'm sure there's going to be some residual stuff that the guys will talk about tomorrow, And but, but it's almost over. So hallelujah to that. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing the podcast and telling your friends and family and everybody they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown NBA podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.